Chapter sixty five of the Queen's Necklace by Alexandre Dumas, translated by Henry L. Williams. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The Queen's Hand. When Charny re entered the house, he felt overwhelmed by what he had seen. That he should have discovered this retreat, which he had thought so precious, only to be the witness of a crime committed by the Queen against her conjugal duty and royal dignity. This man must be a lover. In vain did he try to persuade himself that the rose was the pledge of some political compact, given instead of a letter, which might have been too compromising. The passionate kiss, which he had seen and printed on it, forbade this supposition. These thoughts haunted him all night and all the next day, through which he waited with a feverish impatience, fearing the new revelations which the night might bring forth. He saw her taking her ordinary walk with her ladies, then watched the lights extinguished one by one, and he waited nervously for the stroke of midnight, the hour of the rendezvous of the preceding night. It struck, and no one had appeared. He then wondered, how could he have expected it? She surely would not repeat the same imprudence two nights following. But as these thoughts passed through his mind, he heard the key turn again, and saw the door open. Charny grew deadly pale when he recognized the same two figures enter the park. "'Oh, it is too much,' he said to himself, and then repeated his movements of the night before, swearing that, whatever happened, he would restrain himself and remember that she was his queen. All passed exactly as the night before. The confidant left and returned with the same man, only this time, instead of advancing with his former timid respect, he almost ran up to the queen and kneeled down before her. Charny could not hear what he said, but he seemed to speak with passionate energy. She did not reply, but stood in a pensive attitude. Then he spoke again, and at last she said a few words in a low voice, when the unknown cried out in a loud voice so that Charny could hear, "'Oh, thanks, your majesty!' "'Till to-morrow, then!' The queen drew her hood still more over her face, and held out both her hands to the unknown who imprinted on them a kiss so long and tender that Charny gnashed his teeth with rage. The queen then took the arm of her companion and walked quickly away. The unknown passed also. Charny remained in a state of fury not to be described. He ran about the park like a madman. At last he began to wonder where this man came from. He traced his steps to the door behind the baths of Apollo. He comes not from Versailles, but from Paris, thought Charny. And tomorrow he will return, for he said, Tomorrow. Till then let me devour my tears in silence. But tomorrow shall be the last day of my life, for we will be four at the rendezvous. End of chapter 65 Recording by John Van Stan, Savannah, Georgia.